Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 95 of the Coach Fury Podcast. You could say that this episode was years in the making, and you wouldn't be wrong. I'm very excited to finally have Alex Williams, the founder, the man behind Kettlebell Gains Apparel on the show today. Uh, Look, if you're into kettlebells, you've seen his logo. You've seen people rocking his stuff. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet him earlier in the year in person before everything went crazy and uh, just really like Alex as, as a human being, as a friend as a parent, and as an entrepreneur. Uh, I got a lot of love for this guy, and it was great to finally have him on. If you want to show some love to the Coach Fury podcast, first and foremost, like like it, share it, subscribe, rate, review. Let's get the word out. Again, it's not about me. It's more about cats like Alex that are on the show. Uh, I really love the guests that are on. I appreciate the time they take and the things they have to say and add to the greater fitness and music and geekery landscape. Um, if you do want to directly support the show, you can hop over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Coach Fury Podcast and donate like 50 cents or a buck an episode. Uh, it would go a long way to help me out. Uh, either way, I just hope you're enjoying the show. I hope it kills a subway ride, a car ride, a moment of stress, a shower, a dog walk, wherever you get this from. I hope you learn something from it or at least get to appreciate the people on it a little more. Uh, anyway... Let's listen to me and Alex talk. I'm the dude who wore the shirt to the show right now, everybody. So uh, I've got my buddy Alex on the Zoom, on the Coach Fury podcast, Kettlebell Gains Apparel. I want to know what year did you start it and what, what, what made you decide like as a creative venture, as an entrepreneurial venture, that this is where, where you were going to go? Uh, it started about three years ago. I've always been an independent, uh, self-employed for a long time. I worked in the music industry for a few years. That's how I learned marketing and promotion. And then after that, I got into uh, the route business. I owned a uh, Pepper's Farm cookie route and uh, another bread route in different states. And I did that for about 12 years. So being self-employed was always something I always looked at and something that my uh, father always preached to me. Be able to do for yourself. Don't depend on other people. And uh, when I got on the Instagram, it was, it was kind of all by chance because I was training my brother-in-law, uh, Joseph, and I helped him lose 100 pounds. And during that time, I wasn't on social media. And he was like, uh, you know, you should really get on Instagram. There's a lot of good workouts, a lot of people you should uh, connect with. So that's how getting on Instagram started. And then during that process, I used to get uh, hit up by people, hey, won't you wear my shirt? Won't you do this? And it wasn't in line with what I did as far as training. I was getting into kettlebell training. I was also into calisthenic training and also weight training. So I wanted something that reflected me. And out of arrogance, I was like, fuck that. I can make my own damn shirt. (laughs) And I pretty much made three or four bad shirts that nobody really wanted. But I wore them because I liked them. And then I came up to the logo. And I actually, ironically wore that to a calisthenic competition. And when I posted the video, because I had a lot of uh, kettlebell followers, everybody wanted the shirt. Hey, where's that shirt? Who made that shirt? And then it kind of just started from there and I started selling it through uh, DM, PayPal, you know, a few shirts here and there. And then it kind of just all bubbled from the logo shirt. And uh, yeah, I just took, took time with it. I took, after that, I took four months off the social media to learn about creating some designs. I created like 50, 60 designs. Some of them were terrible. Some of them are just being released now from three years ago. You know what I mean? But that's kind of where it started. It started from a little arrogance and thinking I knew everything that I needed to know when I didn't know shit. Don't, don't, you, think, don't you think like, to be an entrepreneur, like at least one when you're not going out directly to make money, like where there is like heart behind it. Cause there's entrepreneurial things where you're like, that's a moneymaker. And then there's this thing, like, I want to do this thing that you have to be arrogant, but you you almost have to be to a point. I don't mean you have to be a jerk about it, but like there has to be a little bit of like overconfidence or, or, or or what the hell it to kind of put it behind it to make it happen. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. You have to, you have to be confident in anything that you do. A little bit of arrogance always helps spice things up because you know, 
you have to hype yourself up to believe you can do anything, especially when you're heading down a direction that people may say like, hey, you know, it's not worth it. What's the point? Focus on other things. And it was like, I do fitness. I don't see anything of worthy that's kettlebell related that looks from my background from when I used to hang out on Lower East Side and uh, uh, streetwear and street art and things of that nature. So capsulizing those things is always what I what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? So I always wanted to try and relate those things to people within the community and doing so the community has got me here. I didn't do anything but offer something to the people that were in the same boat as me to make them feel a part of something. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing where, especially if I'm thinking now, for some reason, I thought you were around like tremendous work, man, to become like such a recognizable brand in our area of this field in a short time, three years is nothing. I thought you were at this longer. Like I've known, I've known you for, well, it hasn't been a, almost a year, almost a year directly, but I've been aware of your brand longer than that. I've had shirts longer than that. Um, how long from the idea to start making stuff until you found you, you created that logo? Like what was the gap between like, I think I'm going to make shirts and then here's the logo that caught on. Uh, I mean, I think that that was the logo was the fifth shirt I designed because I started out with, uh, you know, some kilogram stuff. It just said kilograms on it. And, uh, it was kettle, the company name at that point was kettlebell aesthetics. And then it, I already had the IG name kettlebell games. And then a friend of mine, uh, uh, Tiffany on the West Coast. She was just like, uh, Kettlebell Games is the name you should run with. Everybody knows that. And I was just like, all right, cool, I'll run with that. But yeah, it took to the fifth one. And it, it, it was inspired by, from artists and people that I look up to. When I looked at Street Art, when I looked at Cause, when I looked at uh, 10 Deep, when I looked at Jeff Staple, these are some, uh, you know, some, some brands. Even when you look at Supreme, you know, some of these brands come from street culture. They come from street art. And I grew up in that area of uh, graffiti uh, on trains and things of that nature and Beach Street kind of dating myself. Dude, dude, but, uh, I just watched Beach Street. I think it came up on like a prime. So I saw that shit. Like you and I, are, I think I'm a little, we talked about this at, at the speakeasy once. We're like the same age or I might be a little bit older. You're probably uh, just a tad bit, but not much. But, but uh, dude, like uh, same, same, same thing. Like I wasn't involved in like the graffiti scene directly in the Lower East Side or anything, but like, we we were the generation where like this is now hip hop right this is a trend this is a fad like people you didn't think it was going to stick you know this was like i remember like run dmc has had such a major impact on me but like break dancing on cardboard and linoleum and all that stuff and then there's like uh you know just that that vibe but i saw beach street along with almost any movie that had break dancing or hip hop related to it in a theater uh like opening weekend <laughs> Like, I remember, I think it was from Beach Street or Crush Groove, my friend Tim, like, we were kids, like, we were young, fucking running up and down and around the theater, and he slid in someone's puke from the previous screening, like, he didn't fall, <laughs> but, like, he did, like, a one-foot slide. Um, Beach Street's awesome. I literally just rewatched that, man. Uh, yeah, and people, it, people don't know about that. Hey, if you haven't seen Beach Street, go go check that out. I mean, it's, it's so, because it's, you know, the the underlying of it, it's, it's, it's more than a movie, it's about expression. You know what I mean? It's It's all about expression. It's all about people with humble beginnings and some of them were living a simple life. You know, people are setting up shop in abandoned buildings and running an extension cord to the light pole or to the next door and setting up, you know what I mean? It was, it was just about that freedom of expression. I'm gonna go tag the train. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my art. You put it on the train so your art will travel around the city. Just think about that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There wasn't social media to get it out to people. For some people of that generation, tagging on a train and having a big piece on a train meant you were the man. Because that was like now, a million it, likes, insta likes. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going from Brooklyn to Queens to 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 the Bronx to, to different boroughs of people seeing that on the train, like, yo, what is that? And your name is right there, you know? What, so what I love about you bringing up the street art stuff and, and the lifestyle area, this is like Supreme's another one. So like I, I'm coming from Long Island as a skater. So I remember when like before Supreme, like I remember literally when Supreme opened and it was, I remember being confused by Supreme because most skate shops were either like part of a bike shop, but if it was a dedicated skate shop, tons of skateboard decks, tons of gear. Supreme was real different where it was like, 
here's like maybe like, I don't know, 20 boards on the wall, right? Here's the really nice shoe rack. Like it was the first one to kind of make it look like a high-end clothing store or boutique for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. right? And didn't they just sell like for like, I feel like Supreme, Kim just told me something like Supreme and, and Vans sold for like a billion dollars, some crazy, crazy number. Yeah, yeah, But Supreme exactly. went from this like, like little small skate brand into this like lifestyle thing. And I don't think people realize those big lifestyle brands, how big they are, right? Cause we might see like, you know, Supreme's obviously in New York. So you know, Supreme, like you see it everywhere. But like two years ago when I was in uh, Tokyo, right? You go into the fancy mall there, all of a sudden I'm in a Supreme shop, right? I go to Taiwan on that same trip. Guess what they're bootlegging the shit out of at the night market? Supreme, like it is a global brand. Then you have other ones like the hundreds, right? You have uh, uh, Jason Dill with fucking awesome. I don't think a lot of people know what fucking awesome is. That shit sells though. Yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of it, a lot of it does sell. And that's some of the things I always try and tell people. There are, there are brands making serious money. There are brands creating culture, shifting culture, representing culture that you don't even know about, that you never even heard of because there's enough room for everybody. And that also gives me the confidence because even in fitness, uh, you can look at a company called Noble. They're huge in CrossFit, but I believe they started in 2013. I could be wrong. Nobody knew about them seven years ago, eight years ago. And now look at them. And still, you talk to people, hey, you heard of Noble? And they're like, I don't even know what that is. But they're a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there, there's enough room for everybody. And you don't always have to think of success as being a, a tens of million dollar company. You know what I mean? Because success is personal. Success is, look at your gym. That's success. That success yeah. is personal to you because it looks how you want it to look. The artwork on the walls, how you coach, how you train. It's not a big 2,000, 3,000 square foot gym with a sauna and all this other shit in it. You know what I'm saying? And, and I have yeah. no, no, ask, thank you for saying that, by the way. And I have no aspirations of ever wanting to be that. You know, it's funny. I talked about like my, my one year, three year and 10 year plan with the team the other day. I eventually would like to open two to three locations total. And I think the max space on any one of them would be in the $1,500, $1,500, sorry, 1,500 square foot range. Because like, I have no interest in being a big gym. Like, that's not what I think we are. I think, you know, when you talk about one, one of the things, uh, listeners, like when, when, when we started selling gear at the Speakeasy in August, the Speakeasy gear shop, it was a bigger space. And we, we shrunk it down because we just were still dealing so much with COVID-like restrictions that we wanted to add as much training space as possible. But one of the things that Alex and I talked about, like we have very similar mindsets on this. It's about community. It's about what we do and what we love. It's about being true to yourself. I know this sounds like a commercial, but like for us, when I was like, you know, because do you mind if I talk about how we talk about collaborations and stuff? Like we want to do stuff together down mm -hmm. the line, hopefully, you know, on an education format, but also in shirts and stuff. I see the Speakeasy Gear Shop one day having more space within our studio. And like, I would love to see limited edition colorways that you can only get there. I love that stuff that skate shops do. I want us to be, have the vibe of all my favorite places growing up, your local video store, your local skate shop, your local record store, your local comic book store. If I can accomplish that within a gym environment, and I think we do a pretty fucking good job of it right now. Um, that's where I want to be. So like, that's what I love about what you're saying. Like, I, I don't think, you know, you, you can do well for yourself. For me, successes, um, obviously, do, uh, am I helping my clients? Like, is this actually working? The thing I sell, is it actually good, right? Um, secondly, like, am I happy with it, right? Am I, you know, and, and, and that's a big thing because people make a lot of money and they're miserable. And then the third real thing is, is like, can I support myself? And that's a roller coaster. Any trainer out there, almost any entrepreneur knows that's a roller coaster with or without a virus thing going on. That's a roller coaster. Well, like, I would like to make, you know, look, do I want to stress over money the way I have over the last 10 years as a trainer? No. Do I want to stress like I still am? 
during this pandemic thing of like, especially in New York City, where we're like looked at as like, you know, horrible humans for trying to help people. Uh, no, but like, I think there's an avenue here that like I can make like a decent, comfortable living, help my kids through school and be done. I'm not there yet, folks. Lots of works to go. But I also think for what you do is it shows, and if I were to connect this kettlebell gains in this episode with like Tina's episode, um, folks, if you listen to the Tina Morin episode, we talk about like, you know, the non-douchey folks in fitness, like the non-dogmatic squad in fitness that are just like, we love kettlebells, we love training, we want to be ourselves. Alex falls into that, right? Where it's like, you're just part of this. And yeah, we have groups. I actually met Alex for the first time. He went through the RKC with me. Fucking dude, it's crazy. That turned out to be my last RKC. That was the last yeah. one. I mean, last the thing, it, it was the last one. And a lot, a lot of times things happen for a reason. You know what I mean? I wasn't planning on getting a certification, honestly. But, you know, I felt at that time, I kind of felt like I wanted to, I had a lot of the education already. I wanted to tighten up some leaks. I also wanted to know about how to run a workshop. And I also wanted to be in an environment where they cared about me. And I vetted you. I talked to other people. I talked to <laughs> Tina. I talked to people that know you before I actually spent my money because it wasn't about the money. It was about who's going who's gonna to talk to me and train me and also has the perspective that I align with. And that's being open. That's being honest. And that's, be, that's getting you out of your comfort zone but also bringing you and dialing you in to what we're trying to do. You know what I mean? And that's always the, the platform that I stand on, even with the brand, is it's about the people. I listen to the people. It's grown organically. You know, I haven't been the one to drop money on a bunch of ads. I don't have celebrities. There's a couple within the community, influencers and things of that nature. But I like for it to grow organically. And it's it been people that have been with me since day one. And that's the beauty of it, because those are the people I don't want to lose. Those are the people that matter most to me, because they understand where I came from, what I'm trying to do, and how I'm trying to connect the dots with people so they feel a, a connection to the things that they love to do the most. You know what I mean? Because when you go out there, Nike doesn't have nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Reebok doesn't have anything for you. you know, there's a lot of other smaller brands that don't have anything for you unless it's a terrible kettlebell design, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's also, you know, I, I'm picky with that stuff because, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, you know, uh, some of like, it's funny because I'm going to say a Punisher skull looking thing or a flag, but like, I also obviously I have, have a Punisher tattoo. So I'm not like, like, it's not the comic book. I'm not a super fan of like, I can't get pitched like a, like a tap out thing, which I know I'm dating myself now. I don't like a lot of like, for me, I'm not like a heavy, like a uh, tactical dude other than I, you know, I like a good backpack and stuff. It's just not my background. What I love about your brand is, is it, is it does just align with like what a, it's like a, a love for the art of this thing, in my opinion, as opposed to like how gnarly are we, how, I don't know, aggressive are we, how tactical are we, how, you know, I know you've had a Viking themed shirt because you do collabos, but it's not like we're like the house of Odin. Like, it's just like, this is what we do. And this is what we love. And like, I like any artist or even like, you know, I tend to look at things less, a little less street art, more like designer vinyl. Like, here's the expression of this right now. Right. Yeah. It um, is the interpretation of, of what I'm saying. It's, and, it's, and it's also like the freedom of let's create some dope shit. And we haven't had that. Like, that's an interesting thing in our, in, when I think of the kettlebell world. So when I started, you know, it's funny, but a lot of people won't realize this. In the old days of the RKC, right, you would show up when they were the bigger events. And by old, it's 10 years ago now. I mean, they were, they were going around a while. They would have this, and it was kind of wonderful, right? They'd have this big-ass merch table where you could see every book and every DVD. And they actually had RKC shirts. Like, one was, like, I think it was Pavel doing a split. Like, it was just weird shit. Like, it was, but you bought it because it was, like, an RKC because there was nothing else you could really wear to represent, even though, sorry, John, <laughs> it was a shitty shirt, you know, I bought the tank top, you know, and it just, but like those kind of went away. And then as obviously it became like, you know, the instructor shirts and then strong first made some, some pretty cool shirts, you know, I had a, a bunch of them, but again, there was like a little bit of that, like, uh, um, ego driven, you know, I forget mm -hmm. what the, uh, something about brute, not having enough brute force and blah, blah, blah. And, 
And then I know Kim and I, we were like for RKC when I was teaching in there early on, we were like, John, we need shirts. So Kim and I actually designed shirts and made a Teespring store and sold them. And like, they just said, we are RKC. They're super simple. Um, I think they did okay. But uh, there really wasn't like a window, you know, like everybody started wearing the robe shirts and um, I can't even think of another. Highly kind of came in, highly made some rad stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, sort of like generic. There wasn't really like a, a personality behind it. Like, your stuff so your stuff stuck out to me obviously like you know once you start throwing in collaboration combos things of like he i think the first shirts i bought from you were the shira one and the skeletor one and uh yeah. once you start going there and you get into bob's Burgerlands, now you're singing to me right like that's like that's my domain although my favorite shirts are the logo shirts just because i like that simple stuff so when did you if you started three years ago, how long in did you start to see the rise in it? Because the cool, the funny thing for me was this. So, uh, so you know, we mentioned Alex was at the RKC. We hadn't met, and I hadn't connected that Alex Williams on the registration sheet was Alex from Kettlebell Gains. And I had actually reached out to you like two years ago. Had to have been two years ago to be on the podcast. Just like, dude, I like what. I, Even like your wife, I, your wife messaged me too. She was like, oh, you should get with my husband. Yeah, right, like, because I was like, I like his stuff. And Kim was like, you should check this guy out. And, and you know, Kim's a designer too. And, um, but at, and I, I, at, at that point, I just, uh, I ignored it because it was like, I didn't think I was worthy of a podcast <laughs> because I hadn't done anything. But I it was my podcast. That, I mean, we had good guests. Don't guess. Don't get offended when I say it. But yeah. like, even now, what the fuck is my podcast? I don't know who's who listens to it. I just, for me, this is like a, it's a good way to catch up with a friend that I haven't spoken to in a while. And it, I think people can glean something out of it. And I, I haven't reiterated this. What, what I always liked about skate videos and stuff, or if uh, you used to watch concert VHS tapes, right? This is dating, right? When yeah. you saw people backstage, or hanging out before they did the thing or after the thing. I was always like, that's when you get to know the personality. Because a lot of the times people lead a room or a workshop and there's like, there's like a, a stage presence almost. And then when you hang out with them after at the bar or at the restaurant, it's like a little different. Now, admittedly, I'll probably get a little loose with the drink and curse a little bit more and make maybe my sense of humor gets a little, I don't know, more vulgar sometimes. But pretty much, I try to knock down that wall. Um, so it's pretty much how you're hearing me now is how you hear me in a course. I just have to have the, the respect to run the room if shit gets awry. But that's what I loved about the podcast is just like, this is a way for people to hear you behind the scenes and not the image. But what I was getting to at that, at that cert was, so I didn't realize it was you. And then I think either somebody might have like Jim Jim, might have yeah. mentioned it first from, uh, and then Rhode people Island, started yeah. fanning out a little bit on you and it was adorable and i was stoked for you i was like oh even me i was like oh shit there's alex like we were supposed to be on the podcast um but what year is about that too I, at the same time i wasn't i'm not used to anything like that because at the same time i'm still you know i just like creating dope shit it's like when it connects with people that's the big part but i you know i, I never how, how long that was, how, that was a little funny <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely like it was like it was like a 10 minute window of like rad and the cool thing is i still see it to this day some of the cats from that from that 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 uh cert still repping the shirts still repping the banners in the background and stuff it's rad um but you're yeah. a good you're a good dude and i think like what happens is you know they uh, look look i'm gonna say this i'm not throwing anyone under the bus on this thing I've met a lot of like sort of quote unquote names in fitness in my area, right? Like I don't know extensively the world of fitness, but in my area, I know a lot of the, you know, the what I would say is like the known teachers, really great teachers. For the most part, they're all super rad and approachable to have a drink with. Um, a couple of them kind of like, probably not. Probably like, you know, that was maybe I would have like, liked to know them from afar. So I think for anybody, especially maybe it's more important with a clothing brand because you're actually feels like you're more direct directly representing you right because it is you um mm -hmm. you being a good guy goes a long way like so people want to help and i think if any support that i've gotten from my members or you know anybody that thank you to whoever vetted me out to you when you were thinking about this cert you know you just try to be a good person and those people connect versus sometimes people try to wedge themselves into the quote unquote brand or the quote unquote 
name instructor because they know there's like an image or a popularity or maybe they see some friends like it's okay to have friends that like doing this or into that it's okay to have friends that are into this into that side of what we do um but i think that was i was like i thought that was pretty cool because they were fanning out on you um but like how yeah. long from when you started so year one to to around then or was that like one of the first times you really noticed it yeah when i when i created the the, the logo and i wore it to that um uh boss life athletics calisthenic competition i mean that kind of got the ball rolling then i took it serious because people were asking for shirts i'm selling shirts so then i was just like you know my brain started kicking like, okay i don't know shit let me find out about how shirts are printed. Let me find out about different inks, water-based, plastisol, design, you know, PNG files, Adobe files, vector, you name it. I had to really do some research on it and really start stockpiling some ideas because you learn by doing it. You're gonna create some bullshit. And I needed to start catching up. If I really wanted this to be something, you know what I mean, and really be able to uh, connect with more people. I needed to be able to learn how to talk the language. Because uh, when you're dealing with uh, graphic artists or print companies, you still have to be able to talk their lingo. You can't just go in and say, hey, I want this printed. You know, how many colors is it? How many, do you have the vector files? Do you have this? What's going on in the back? What kind of shirt? What's the blend on it? You know what I mean? It's a lot of different variables. So I had to learn all of those things. And you learn by doing, you make a ton of mistakes and you learn from them and you keep going. And that first year was, I learned a lot and it took it serious. And then after the first year is when I started uh, the website. So the website, I've had a website for just over two years. I think May, 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 two years having a website. Nice. You know? And it, yeah, it's just all been organic, organic growth through the people, through the community and uh, word of mouth. And it just keeps growing and growing. And that's kind of the way I like for it to be because when the shit hits the fan, you know, you can always get big, but then you always want to make sure you keep that foundation of how you started and connecting yeah. with people. You know I think I mean? it's, imp it's important too. And, and when, when you start to create a business, you obviously have to use your strengths, but you can't ignore the weaknesses. Like for me right now, especially with all this pandemic and the disaster loans and rent abatements, all this stuff that's going on. Numbers and books are really, really hard for me. Like they're just like, it's like that part of accounting level, you know, P and L reports and all that stuff. Like that's the hard part for me. I'm, I'm good at creative problem solving. I'm good. At, I think I'm pretty good at like our brand image. Like, you know, I presented, uh, you know, my idea for like what I wanted our font and color, you know, our, our main colors to be to Kim. Kim's an, a designer, so she can cover all those specifics in terms of file sizes and like, you know, she knows everything about printing and stitching and sublimation and, you know, all that type of stuff and how high up should it be on the, the logo should be on a chest side versus how low should it be on the back and then what size should it be if it's going to fit like she knows all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm good at like guiding that, but that's also helps my executive producer stuff. The bill part, like the, the actually the money coming in and all that shit, that's the hardest part. So I, I love that you were saying how you went into like quite a, frankly, like the boring part of, of what you do, but it's the manufacturing part. Like it's the actual like creation, man, well, manufacturing part of it, right? It's like you have the idea, yeah. but now we got to make this shit real. How have you seen, because we talked a, li a little bit about this during the during the shutdown, we checked in and chatted a little bit. You were moving into a new spot and everything. How has business been going? How have you had to change your model, if at all, um, during this pandemic time? Well, the, I, I guess things still worked out the way they were kind of according to, because um, I had another business. I owned a uh, Pepper's Farm route, and I sold that back in uh, February. I had my closing. And then May, is when I went full-time, I do apparel full-time now. So I left that job to invest into apparel, and that's kind of around the same time the shutdown happened. So I was able to really start diving in deep into apparel, more designs, releasing more exclusive stuff weekly, 
to help grow the business, offering free shipping, you know, doing whatever it takes to help get the numbers up. And I've actually probably hit the numbers 500% because I was only doing it part-time. Yeah. You know, I was only doing part-time, went through a a divorce, et cetera. So everything went, went to shit. Wasn't putting out anything for like a good, yeah, because it's kind of been three months, but like a good eight months before, I wasn't doing anything. Everything was like on clearance because I was going through a separation, a divorce. So I was trying to get my life straight. But then uh, once I sold my business, I decided, fuck it. I'm going all in and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen because the numbers were picking up, the interest was picking up. I was like, if I'm really going to make it, I got to give it 150%. And as of May, I've been giving it that. And uh, the numbers have definitely picked up. But That's at the awesome. same time, New York is an expensive place to live. So I got to get the numbers even higher. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And dude, I'm stoked for you. I think that's, uh, you know, and, and congrats on selling and making the decision. Uh, for folks, like I, I grew up with a friend whose dad had a Pepsi route. Like, I don't know if people realize the financial value um, and, and what goes into having a route. It's not like you're just like a truck driver on something. Like that route is like moving property. Like it's a, it's a valuable asset. So to make a decision to sell, that's a big deal. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. Um, so congrats on that. Cause so I didn't realize like we had talked a little bit about the relationship stuff and whatnot when last time you were at the speakeasy, um, right. Which turned out to be the week before shutdown, basically like uh, listeners that RKC that we were talking about a little bit earlier, that was like literally like the last, it was the leap year, right? So it was February 29th and March 1st was the, was that, was that weekend. Yeah, exactly. Alex came over the following weekend or Friday or something to train at the speakeasy. And then a week later we were shut down. Like it's crazy how that time frame went, like everything changed so quickly uh, that it's almost hard to imagine what that was like. <laughs> now we can say the good old days and they were only like nine months ago. I, I, I still can't wrap my head around everything that's going on right now. So to have any sort of growth, I think is tremendous. Obviously having an online model and already have established a, a reputation. Um, I know for any new business and three years is still very much a new business. Any of the groundwork you've been able to make. And so I'm so grateful for that, for like the speakeasy. We were only open nine months. Now mind you, we had the, the few years of like training inside my apartment, which was where we got the name from. Then we had a couple months at the dance studio. I had done Brooklyn stuff on and off over the last 10 years, but like really only nine months in the space before we shut down. And I'm shocked that we're still open. Like just, you know. Well, that's, we that's, also, that's also a testament to how you've been able to adapt. And that's part of the thing you always have to do. You gotta be able, life is gonna give you curveballs. Life is never straight. You know what I mean? So you should never think of it that way. And you, you know, you may have your grieving moment where you, you know, you complain and be like, this, this fucking sucks. Then you got to pick yourself up and like, you know what? What can I do? How am yeah. going to change? How am going to adapt? There's still people that need my services. Let's make adjustments. Let's rent out, loan out equipment, and let's make it work because nobody's going to help you but you. Nobody's going to bail you out. Don't sit at home waiting. Think people, someone's going to bail you out. You got to start making those changes yourself because in the beginning, everybody thought, okay, shut down, eh, 30 days, two months, tops. Here we are, what, eight months later, nine months? Almost nine. And it's like, yeah, it's coming back around again. And it's like, there's things that people could have done over these last, you know, eight to nine months to help better themselves and put themselves in a better position, whether it be online courses, online certs, you know, embracing Zoom, FaceTime with clients, instead of running from it and saying something you don't want to do. But uh, you got to adapt. Yeah, eventually, I think, eventually it'll go back to normal. But what are you going to do in the meantime? And that 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 meantime is a while, right? Like, I mean, uh, it's 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 funny. Like, I'm expecting any moment now to like for every like there was a Cuomo presser today. I, I legitimately think he doesn't want to close blanket close New York City after today. I'm like, okay, he really does seem to want to do. But like, I'm waiting to close at the drop of a dime. I've already got my team prepped. I've already got the members prepped. Most of my members are still online, right? So I knew, like, like in terms of this adaptation phase, like this pivoting, like pivoting sounds like a little shitty too, by the way. Like, it's weird. I'm trying to like, I use that word a lot and I'm starting to think like pivoting sounds like 
we're just ducking and weaving versus like still trying to win a fight, right? Like there's like this, here's the situation. How can we best adapt to the situation? And for us, obviously we already had online coaching. So switching over to zoom for, for a lot of our stuff wasn't like a big deal. We, we were ready. Um, I admittedly didn't love teaching one-on-one on zoom. I'd done it via Skype a little earlier, a few years ago, um, with some clients that didn't live in the city. It's why I actually started doing my online programming. It's like, here's a monthly program and then let's do a catch up as opposed to sessioning online. But you get used to it and you start to value it because quite frankly, for months, it's all we had. And now we're still in that bubble where like for some of my members, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're training from home because remote schooling with their kids, they're training from home because they're afraid of, you know, I always just say afraid they're being, you know, responsible for that, for the health of them and their family. Um, They're training at home. A lot of them now just because they found out it's really easy. Like it's just Mm -hmm. super convenient to not have to worry about getting ready, not having to even go, even if we're only like most of our members are like a five to 10 minute walk from the speakeasy, but just it's super convenient for them to go there. They, 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 they train, they can hop right in the shower or go hop on a zoom call for work. And then like their fitness part gets handled because they're saving 20 minutes to, you know, we had a couple of people coming in from the city, 20 minutes to two hours of their day. That's back. And I'm totally cool mm-hmm. with that because on the flip side now as a business owner, like I could bitch and moan about like, you know, like some people like I don't like online. I don't like doing this, but it's like, well, you know what? All of our spaces are smaller than we pay for. Like our capacity, I don't know a state that's at hundred percent capacity. So anybody yep. online is digital real estate. Like I'm seeing dollar signs, but more importantly, I'm seeing main, maintaining that connection with my people, both emotionally, our own mental health, but also like, our people are nailing it online and, and they're just like, it's cool to see the success stories now. Cause now it's been eight months of training, nine months of training online and we see progress, we see growth uh, and they're still in it. And that's fucking rad pivoting. I think some people are like, all right, short term, we're going to go do this and then it'll go back to normal. Uh, that's like, we got a plan. Like, you know, I'm hoping New York doesn't hit a second wave. Most of these places are just hitting their first wave. Like a lot of places now are like, oh, that was, it's, you know, it was kind of bullshitty. And now they're starting to see, I forget, Cuomo called out one state. I can't remember what it was. 51% of the state is tested positive. Again, take what you take for tests and all that stuff. New yes. York City still right now, safer than unsafe. That's one of the things that I hate about these numbers games. Like they're the lowest threshold before things can get bad, bad again. But like, you're still safer than not. I don't love the fear aspect of it. I think you gotta like respect and look out for each other. Um, But anyway, with the pivoting, I mean, have you, were you able to see, do you think the growth was purely based on your focus and and being able to put new product out? Or do you think some of that was because like, trainers are looking for connection now like we're looking to like shit we can't get out like we used to get out like i feel like i know when i look at your feed like i just bought a few shirts yesterday not yesterday like last week um <laughs> i always appreciate by the way i should say this i always love that you throw in stickers in one of the shirts <laughs> thank you for that um bunch of them that's the best part that's, well, people love the stickers man it, it, it brings it makes you it's nostalgic yeah yeah a bunch of them on our water cooler um but like, do you think anything, the pandemic, other than you're having the time to focus on it, do you think as an online brand, do you think anything actually benefited you from people being a little bit more stuck at home? Uh, uh, obviously, trainers went quickly to their devices um, through all this. Like, how do we maximize social media and stuff to, to try to make a living on this? Uh, do you think there was like an like a unexpected benefit of that, other than just your work capacity to focus on it? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was because I was pretty dormant for quite a few months. A lot of things weren't available. I wasn't restocking a lot of things because I was going through, you know, I was, I was going through a separation. So me coming back, it just hit right at the same time. You know what I mean? I came back in May. We right into it with, with, with COVID and shutdown. People are shopping more, buying stuff online. So online has definitely gone up. And I was just one of those brands as well that fit right in. It was just like, okay, he's back. There's finally stuff. I'm buying stuff. Let me get a couple shirts. Let me get some of this stuff. Let me see what he has going on. And it, it kind of just rolled off that way. And definitely business has, has, has definitely jumped. But also the connection with people has also jumped. And uh, 
spreading as far as the, the brand connection with, you know, with people, not just, it's just a shirt. That's awesome. And it's good to hear that. Let me ask you this. Like the other big thing that happened through all this obviously was the, you know, all the black lives matters protests. And, uh, you know, what, what I saw is a pretty great push to actually like, look where you're spending your money and try to look for some black owned businesses. Did you find that that helped where you're at? Uh, yeah, some people definitely uh, took notice of me because I was a black owned business, because a lot of the times uh, people don't share information. So, so other people will look, hey, do you know any black owned business? And then other people will say, like, hey, check out this company, check out that company. So that's extra word of mouth. And then other bigger uh, people, I guess, on social media and things of that nature that may have twice as many of a following or influence took notice. But that was the thing about the brand. It was just like, that's the reason why I went full time because anybody who came across it liked it. They liked the logo. They liked what I was trying to do. I never really heard anyone say super something super negative. Like, I don't like that shit. Like, it's terrible. You know what I mean? So it was just like, even, so I knew if I pushed it out more and got it in front of more people, I'll have a better chance of selling more and growing more until I get to a point well, I feel that it's necessary to go next level. You know what I mean? Because eventually I would like to go next level as far as what I feel personally is next level. And that's activewear and getting into that, into that lane to be able to do those joggers, uh, leggings, sports bras, et cetera. Because that's just the next progression. Because, you know, you have to be able to appeal to everybody. And not everybody just wears a, a cotton T-shirt or yeah. tri-blend T-shirt. They want something that's sweat wicking. So you got to be able to evolve and keep evolving and be able to reach more people. So it actually becomes a staple. What, what about, you know, we talked about like Supreme and whatnot. What about, and you and I talked about this a little bit a while ago when you were over. What about, what about a retail shop? Uh, I mean, shit, right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, not now. Let's say like long-term. Now it's I mean, like- I, mean I, I have the same goal as you. I mean, I would like, I like working out, but mine mine would be like the same as yours. I would like to have a retail slash fitness shop. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, it's it's a big enough space to support retail, but it's also enough space in the back to hold very, very small group training. Or someone wants to come work out four or five people. Hey, let's have at it. You know, train a couple people on the side. But I would like to be able to have both so people can actually, so it's more of a, it's, it's more of an experience. I'm pretty sure that's what you want to create. You want, totally. you want to get that, that vibe back that you felt when you were growing up. And that's kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? When you can create a, an experience and a vibe for people, and they also can feel comfortable with themselves, it's even better because they can come in. They can buy some things. They can be like, oh, man, hey, let me get a couple swings with that, uh, you know, with that bell over there and talk shop with you. It's a, it's a totally different connection you know what i mean and it's like For you know sure. get, getting out of the the phones and uh uh the screens and stuff like that you know that human connection being able to connect with people it's uh it's it's been missing and it's, it's showed even evident during a covid season you know what i mean yeah i, I fully do because we had this conversation when when we started the retail shop so i think we're like one of the first locations that sells kettlebell gains like just as kettlebell gains apparel at the shop right i think we talked about yep. that but um, which I'm super stoked to, to have there. So for listeners, if you were to come by, like, you know, I push that I sell uh, kettlebells and maces and stuff more than the apparel. Cause the, the thing that I want the speakeasy to be one day is exactly what you were saying. Like I want it to be where like, maybe you're just coming in cause you, you, you need a kettlebell or you heard about a kettlebell. Well, I, I also want to show you, like, I don't want you to just go online and pick a random kettlebell. Let's find the right weight for you. Let's find like, maybe we do a quick little mobility check and see what, Maybe we should avoid certain type of things starting out so I can give some advice. Maybe there's like another person that just started, you know, and like, why don't you two just hop in a semi-private or something together? Like, I want to connect people to create like a true, I hate the word organic because it's so like, I don't know, it's like one of those marketing, but like a true organic environment where like, you know, I got into skateboarding is like, I saw Back to, Back to the Future, I got a Toys R Us skateboard. And then one day I went to like the local bike shop that just happened to be the best skate shop in town. And I was that awkward kid that just started like getting dropped off there and left there. And I would fucking mm-hmm. hang out there. 
right? I want that to be for grownups, not for kids though, for fitness, because I think, you know, everyone likes to talk like about, you know, no pain, no gain or all willpower and no days off and all that shit. But like when you have friends and you can enjoy lifting together, um, even if you're lifting alone, but you can have the shared experience of talking about it, like that's a very easy, sustainable thing to do. Uh, the problem with the gear shop is like, look, man, I want that to happen, but people aren't hanging out. You know, like I really even can't have people hang out like that. Yeah. Yeah. So not right now. We made it smaller for now, but when we, if we were able to move into a bigger space or the space restrictions, you know, feel comfortable getting tight closer together, I'll have that expand right now. It's small, but I love that idea. And it's not like, you know, gyms have gear shops and they have their juice bars. And it's not because people love selling gear, selling juice. It's because they know they're a profit center. I want to sell that shit because that's the shit that I love. And that's what we're built on. Like we don't sell stuff that we don't use. We don't sell, we sell two books, War of Art and Original Strength Reloaded. Two books that like have got a massive impact on my life. We sell speakeasy shirts, which I need to make new ones. I was talking to Kim today about, and we sell your shirt, one of which I'm wearing. We sell uh, some kettlebell gain stuff. And then it's like bells, maces, indie clubs, bands, TRXs, and ultimate sandbags. It's all the stuff. And, and to have that dialogue and create that environment where somebody got a question, like somebody just, my friend Geraldine's going to come by and buy bells. And she's just like, I'm thinking like an 8K and a 10K, but maybe I should get 10, two 10. Well, what are you, what are you looking to do? So like those types of things. Uh, well, yeah. I wish I wish you the best on that, man. And uh, yeah, because I mean, that, that, what what you were talking about was the same vibe I used to do. Uh, that you know, times ago, I used to hang out low east side. I used to go to these stores that sell you know street art T-shirts, yep. independent T-shirt, independent shop. You know, with these brands that are not major, but they're I guess low level, mid majors. You know what I mean? And I used to be in these shops, talking to these people, talking about shirts, talk about who made this. This is from Japan. This is from, you know, this is what's going on in this part of the country and we're selling it here and who made this. And you create that vibe where it's just like, I didn't live anywhere close to the, the low east side, but it's like every weekend I'm going down there, I'm checking on this shop, see what they have going on, what new shirts they had come in. And it was just more about a vibe of connecting and uh, just being, uh, feeling in included. You know what I mean? Cause you know, we're all not the same. Nor should we be. So no. it was just like when you when you you know when you when you feel like you're a lone wolf in in uh, different communities, it's always good to have something to anchor yourself. And that's kind of what I kind of started the brand to want to be. Let's help try and anchor some people, and also be a hub to connect people. You know, you can come to my page on social media, and you can find so many different other people that fits what you're looking for. You know what I mean? If yeah. you want to be a female, strong and badass, you'll see someone. You know what I'm saying? If you're a guy with multiple tattoos, you'll see someone. There's always representation and diversity of people who you're going to see. Because my dad gave me a kettlebell. And that's how I got started with it. He gave me a competition bell. He didn't give me any instruction. Happy birthday. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, he said, it's a kettlebell. Look, Google it. You know what I mean? I started messing with it. And then when I got on social media, I wanted to find people that looked like me. And I found a guy in the UK named Terrence. He's also RKC. You know what I'm saying? I think you know Terrence, right? What's his last Maybe? name? Uh, I can't remember his last name. Terrence, I'm sorry. I probably do. I'm spacing out with names. Uh, it's all good. But I found Terrence, strong guy. And he was one of the first people that I found that looked like me. You know what I mean? And from then, meeting him, gave me the underlying of what exactly that I want to accomplish. Because what's the point of being on social media? For me, it, it wasn't really, yeah, let me just work out and post some shit. Yeah. It was just like, you know, I got a job, I got a career. You know, at that point I was married, two kids. And it was just like, so what am I on here for? Then I was just like, I want to show people that look like me, you can do it too. Don't be afraid of that piece of equipment that's holding the door open. I'm going to show you what to do with it. And I, and I had that bridge of a gap because I was in calisthenics. I was in also in weight training. So I would do mix them all together and people would be like, you know what? I picked up a bell today because you, that's all that's I awesome. wanted. I want to hold the door open. Once you come inside, it's on you now. What, you know what, what I mean? 
what's an interesting thing for me, and especially since like a lot of what you do is t-shirts and hats, like I'm the nerd and I'll say this to my kids, you know, uh, you know, they just, they're, they're, they're now a full remote, but they were going hybrid. And my son and my, my daughter's uh, at her last year of middle school, but my son just started and he was nervous about making new friends. I'm like, look for their shirts. And if you see like an anime shirt that you're into, say something, just be like, Oh, Hey, I'm into that. I, everyone, my wife, my kids make fun of me. Cause if I'm walking down the street and I see somebody with like a band shirt or a star Wars shirt or some random ass movie thing, I'd be like super cool shirt. And they're like, Oh, and then hopefully 90% of the time they're weirded out. I know like as they leave, they're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Someone. Cause if you wear like a nerdy, nerdy shirt, like if you're wearing a monster, excuse me, a monster squad shirt, you want somebody to know what monster squad is. If anybody hasn't seen that movie, but at first it throws people cause they're not used to people. So every now and then I have a conversation and maybe that person checks out the gym or follows the Facebook or the Instagram. And, you know, I, I just think that's a, it's an easy gateway. So like when we talk about the speakeasy and, you know, creating this environment, everything in there is sort of like its own little nerdy bat signal of like, you don't have to love the things that are in there, but if you are, if you do, this isn't going to feel like any other gym you've ever been in. Um, but for a lot of people, it just is disarming. And I didn't realize that at first, it just brings like the potential gym threat level down because people are generally afraid of going to the gyms because people don't go to the gyms because they feel great about themselves. People generally go to the gyms because they feel bad about themselves. Um, and I want to try to flip that switch on it. Um, hey, as we're starting to wrap up, I wanted to go into, uh, dude, you've been doing something cool, getting trainers together. Um, with the Sunday swings, tell, tell the listeners what Sunday swings is or are is. Uh, I mean, so, uh, Sunday swings started the same way. I had a friend of mine, Vic, he came in from California and another friend of mine, Shay. And uh, he was just like, Hey man, I'm looking to work out. And I had a bunch of bells in my apartment and in the garage, it's a covered garage. I brought everything downstairs and we worked out. The vibe was crazy. And he was just like, yo, we should do this every week. But then it started with three people and then migrated to five. I used to cap it at seven in the building. And then my building kicked me out because of liability. <laughs> and then uh, kind of moved it on to the park. And uh, it kind of just kind of grew from there. You know what I mean? People seeing it, people wanted to come out. Uh, just People were just starting to come back out of their houses. A lot of people didn't have access to bells. I got some pretty heavy ones, 80 kilo, 100 kilo. Crazy. You know, 68. Yeah, yeah. And people just come out and they're more about confidence. You know, we try and build confidence in people. We come out, look out. We're going to, if you don't think you're strong, we're going to show you how strong you are. And they take that and carry that on to their own personal clients. And uh, we probably had probably close to 20 Sunday swings, maybe. You know what I mean? Brad. And I see I've, I've, we've now got me. So, we'll, you know, we're. we're, we're yeah, yeah, we got mutual friends. I mean, you know, we, we, we leave it open to everybody. You want to wear a mask? You can wear a mask. It's not mandatory. These classes are free. You don't have to show if you don't want to show. A lot of it was outdoors, so it's open air. Uh, currently, we're indoors. You know, we always leave it optional. Maybe we've had 21 of them. No cases. No it's cases awesome. at all. You know what I mean? I know other people feel a different way about it, you know, but... um. That's the beauty of uh, freedom, trying to be who you are, right? People, you know need I mean? make, people need to make their choices now. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it all comes at a sacrifice. So what, what are you willing to sacrifice? Uh, I like bringing people together and connecting with people. I, 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 know, I, I don't mean to cut you off if you, if you want to keep going. But I, I just know, like, right now more than ever, the mental health side of all of this for me is the hardest. Cause like, I'm definitely not at my fittest at the moment because I've spent now almost nine months trying to make sure my gym doesn't close and my kids are okay and my wife's okay, my team's okay. And you know, the mental health side of that, getting together with your peers, especially like all of us are like, you know, look, I don't know too many trainers right now that would honestly say they feel a thousand percent stable. I don't know an owner in New York city or around almost in any state right now that feels like, you know what? I'm a thousand percent stable. There's just so much out there. So to be able to get together and since a lot of those Sunday swings are trainers that are getting together, uh, 
I, I think it's cool. Um, people need that connection, especially since we're not really getting, I know there's been workshops in the city. I haven't taught any yet. You know, um, the last one that I was supposed to do was at level two RKC. Um, but that thing get, kept getting pushed. And I'm like, I got out of that RKC stuff. Um, but dude, keep doing what you're doing, man. Cause it, it's catching on. I'm stoked to be a, a friend and a, and a supporter in all this. Um, your gear will always have a, a place at the speakeasy. And I know we got We got to dial in some rad speakeasy, uh kettlebell gains collaboration stuff i know oh yeah yeah we're, we're definitely gonna work on some great uh you know collaborations i'll be getting more away from in 2021 they're gonna be very selective uh i gotta put a better protocol in place as far as collaborations you know what i mean well look off the thing if i don't make the cut anymore it's cool no 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 bro we're gonna, we're gonna create some dope shit so what you're saying is only me only only speakeasy next year 2021 only oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with I'm, I'm doing something with you i'm doing something with phil uh from dba that's gonna oh, be great. excellent yeah exactly that's gonna be donation based because a lot of the uh they uh they offset people's tuition if you can't afford it or if you need some type of assistance. So we're going to do a great shirt and 100% of the proceeds are going to go towards, you know, helping people who can't afford the full tuition on you know, this needed offset to bring more people into the community. And that, you know, that if I can do something like that to help, that's the best way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I am a small brand. So if I can help you raise two, $3,000, listen, you can now you can take $200 off of 10, 12 people's tuition that Holy couldn't really afford it. And now they can have the knowledge to give to other people and train other people and also be, you know, understand the perspective of a great mind like Phil. You have, know you what gone through, have you gone through Phil's course yet? Have you taken the DV8 search? No, I'm good. He, he has a virtual one in February. Dude, let's do it I'm together. That one. I'm going to take oh, yeah. that one too. I'm yeah, teaching I'm, DVRT I'm, the following weekend over uh, at Tina's, our, our friend Tina Warren's place. Um, as long as I can get the kids covered for two weekends, uh, I want to take it. Bill, uh, listeners, if you haven't, if you don't know who Phil Scarito is and you're into kettlebells, you probably should by now go look up who he is. But he was, uh, he, he was a guest on the show. I think it was episode 93. Um, but look up Phil and his new program. Uh, I will say as somebody that has done work in both the RKC and assisted a bunch in strong first. I wish all the brands the best, but personally right now feels like if I were to go new or send somebody on my team for their first cert, I'm going to send them Phil's way. I just think, um, you know, when you talk about like paths and uh, positive vibes and stuff, uh, I really like what he's putting out on that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want, you want people that actually care, you know what I mean? Not just, Hey, this is the movement. Do it. You know what I mean? This is how it's done. Do it. No. What are you thinking? You're not supposed to think. The fuck is that shit, bro? I mean, everything is about perspective, man. And he teaches inclusion. And he teaches, you know, he, he promotes diversity and bringing people together. And also, there's more than one way to skin a cat when using kettlebells. There's more than one way to get someone to learn how to do a clean, to learn how to do a snatch. There's not a golden rule like this is the Bible. No. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I personally don't believe that for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody learns how to do things differently and you got to be able to uh, relay that. All, all to your courses, client. all courses too, especially in like when it's like technique based, they're all sort of like your starting line, right? Like they give you a really good solid foundation, but then the intent is that you, you take it, you get better at it, you make it your own and then you evolve past it based on, you know successes and failures that you see with the people you train or with yourself like so to just hold something to such a rigid line especially as a system approaches like you know 10 years plus you know you got to rethink like is that like the only way to do things and uh, that's what's really kind of i think that's one of the things that maybe in uh pandemic trainer land we're getting better at acknowledging you know because uh, these sort of cert relationships where it's like we're in this army together to do this thing of any brand folks i'm not singling anybody out like we're a little more spread out now so now we can actually look and like oh that person like does some pretty cool shit online i don't even care what their initials are i just want to see what they're doing and that's cool and maybe i'll follow up with what that is you know it's like what i like about instagram for coaching 
is it's a little bit like when you first got into music, right? Remember when records, you get a record and if you dug it, right? Like just randomly pick out a record and you dug it, you go to the liner notes. And the liner notes would say like, you know, thank you. And they list bands. And then you go hunt out those bands and those artists and then see mm-hmm. what they were like and then who they like. And uh, same thing, you know, like, or you would see their, keep bringing up t-shirts. You'd see a band on a show and they'd have a brand, a band t-shirt. Like how many, how many flipper shirts or flipper albums did Kurt Cobain sell when he wore a flipper shirt in a music video? Like that stuff. Um, yeah. So I like that for us, it can open our eyes. We see somebody doing something cool and you can kind of find a more direct path down the rabbit hole on that without it being like, well, that brand doesn't represent that or that organization doesn't. It's just like, oh, that's just cool. Let's do it. Let's just have fun with kettlebells. Like it doesn't have to be so freaking rigid. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, that's the biggest part about it. I mean, because a lot of people, I would say, uh, and most people would, I'm sure would agree, there's an art to kettlebell training. There's an art to it. You know what I mean? And if you agree there's an art to it, what is art? Someone's perspective mm-hmm. on what a skull should look like. What do you have on your shirt? My perspective of what a kettlebell is. You know what I mean? Now, are you going to be able to tell me, like, oh, no, you should have drew it this way. You should have, you should have made the handle this way. And why would you put eyes on it? No, no, no. <laughs> it's art. It's my expression, my perspective. You know what I mean? For, for it's sure. my being able to think this is what I feel it should look like. If you like it, hey, buy it. Great. If you don't, that's totally fine. You know what I mean? But I for think sure. a lot of the training and the science behind it, a lot of it is an art. It's a technique to it. It's a skill that you learn over and over. And when you, when you master something, it becomes beautiful. I've seen people who do a clean and it's like, jaw dropping yeah i think people do a snatch and it's just like wow there's yeah. an art behind it it took that's that what sung to me that's what took sung them to a whole lot to, sung get to me about skate about kettlebells it's like skateboarding it's like here's this simple simple object what can you do with it how can you maximize results and how much can you dial in this technique not just once or twice but like repeatable technique how smooth can you make it right like there's a, especially swings you know you still when you see that like effortless swing, that like split second tension into the plank and just that pure float. And that float seems like, it seems like when someone's bell hangs there for 10 minutes, as opposed to that second, Mm -hmm. I still get so stoked. And then it perfectly times into the backswing and the bell comes out the back, you know? Exactly. So nice. Like I'll say this, right? Like cat that does Charles, who's been going to your Sunday swings, who- you know, uh, dude, Team Wagon, right? Charles, sending you love. He just bought a couple of maces. Um, his press at your RKC. I mean, I went on and on about it because this cat. Yeah, I mean, you you were hyped. I was hyped. I wasn't expecting it. He I, I love. I, he first started with the left hand. He, he was pressing a beast so smooth, hand. listeners. <laughs> yeah, so a smooth. Swing that switch it, right to the right. Now I could, you know, like I could try to like act tough and be like ha that was great and whatever like you know that was like holy shit that was beautiful um shout out to he's part of like the extended mff family as well uh charles we'll see you uh i think you're coming by wednesday we'll figure that out we're gonna get you some uh get you those maces um alex i gotta wrap this up you gotta get with your kids i gotta go take care of some stuff with the missus um where can people find out more about you and kettlebell games apparel uh, you can always hit the website, kettlebellgains.com. Uh, social media on Instagram is uh, at kettlebellgains underscore apparel. Uh, kettlebellgains is also on Facebook. Uh, you know, sign up for our email list. You get exclusive deals, and you get to hear about um, some deals we have going on for the holiday season, you know? And now you get to do what everybody does, now that Tina Moore reminded me to have people do it. Can you tell the listeners to die mighty? Hey, die mighty. Awesome. <laughs> Is that Thanks what you were supposed to say? <laughs> Listen, Die Mighty collaboration coming soon. It's going to be fucking epic. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. Exactly. Listen, that's, that's the preference for even going for every year. Let's just do some dope shit. Fuck that's everything it. else. Fuck concepts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, look, I'm looking at the poster behind you. What's that, Godzilla? Yeah, well, what else would it be with me? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, like, like, bro, we can do 
you know, half Godzilla, half He-Man in the same body, you know, die mighty. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the, the, the battle between the two. There's, there's so many different perspectives you can go when you go die mighty. And when you start thinking about design and art, it's just like, bro, let's just create some cool shit. Dude, let's just have fun with it, man. Yeah, people like it. it. People dig it. People like it. People love it. If they don't, then, hey, you know what? You don't get it. But a lot of times, a year later, they do get it. And they're like, where can I get the shirt? It was like, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) You got to wait for the 2022 version of it. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I'm glad we finally nailed this in. I mean, literally now, I know we've been like in the last three weeks trying to make it happen. But if you go back pre-RKC, like it was like this was like two years in the making. Uh, I'm certainly glad we made it happen after we got to know each other in person. So thank you for hopping on, man. Appreciate it, man. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries LLC. Music provided by the FTW. Visit the FTW.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or follow him on Instagram at Glenn Gurrieta. Voiceover by Laura Palmer.